0: All right, and welcome to another episode of Make Life Better podcast. I'm Joe Smith from CCI Systems, and today we're gonna talk about upstream bandwidth needs. And we've been spending a lot of time on upstream bandwidth um, for more than a year at least, certainly even prior to the pandemic, but it continues to be a very relevant topic. And today I have Todd Gingrass with us. Todd is the Vice President of Solution Architectures at CCI Systems. And Todd actually has an article to be published September 9th uh, uh, with the ACA. So, Todd, welcome. Thanks, Joe. So, Todd, really want to talk about the upstream bandwidth. We had uh, Chad Kay on, uh, on the last episode, and we we're talking about HFC versus PON and some of the tools that, that CCI has to, to help service providers and operators out there really get a better understanding of. of what the, the problem may be within some of the networks, especially with all the additional use um, that the networks are, are getting from, from people working from home and different things like that. So let's just take a step back and um, it's been a year over a year since the pandemic sent so many people home. Are operators still seeing problems with their upstream bandwidth or is there something else?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the problem hasn't gone away. Um, it's normalized a little bit. Some operators have, you know, done a little work, changed some things around, but uh, the problem's not going to go away. Uh, While what we believe we'll see this year is more kids back in schools, Um, you know, we'll see that we're was competing with that whole school life, work life time at the same time coming especially from residential. Um, We'll see more kids back into schools, but we saw a lot of just companies all around the country are not sending their people back into businesses as we knew before. They're working from home. They got used to it. Um,
0: So, I think just announced that they're giving their employees a choice, I believe, from now until eternity.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I think there's gonna be a lot of real estate for sale. Uh, um, So, you know, that bandwidth is still there. Um, It's still presenting headaches uh, for for different operators different for everyone too um, through the pandemic operators were able to survive but it definitely cut into what their plans were their their time horizon for you know maybe what when they expected to invest their next uh, amount of dollars in their networks and what they were going to do and it, and it really lumped a lot of uh, uh, projects together and there was only so many dollars to go around um, well one thing we did see is, a lot of operators again were able to survive the last year um again every type of operator whether they have pawn or they have hfc they were able to survive the download upload but again it cut into what they had where they spent a lot was in their core networks now you had so much bandwidth funneling at the same time and they may not have been ready for that one gigs getting upgraded to 10 gigs 10 gigs to 100 gigs
0: maybe um when you, you say
1: they're not ready for that which
0: part of their network or plant was not ready for that?
1: So they're they're core networks, uh, definitely. Um, You know, routing, switching, transport, uh, potentially, depending on the size of the operator. Um, And and it was different, again, for every operator, what their architecture looked like. So we saw a lot of that happening. Now, however, now it's coming back around, right? And now maybe what they were able to survive last year, they've tapped out. So we're at a point that upstream is, is key, right? Um, We're all doing just like we are right here, you know, a video call of some type, right? Um, Going to each other, and it's constantly happening. And that's going to continue. And just more and more now applications are happening. What used to happen from the office uploading? Are people using different cloud storage file services from their business? Well, now that's all happening from the homes also, right? All of that bandwidth you think about things you didn't think you did when you were at work, you didn't think about it, which was going through typically uh, maybe a dedicated fiber connection or something at your office, um, now is spread across residential. So for operators, they really have to look at that and find those effective ways and when, right? How much and when uh, to invest um, to be able to keep their subscribers happy and uh, continue to
0: move forward. So I had mentioned in the opening about this article that that you wrote that's going to be published here shortly with the ACA on well, September eighth, a couple of weeks. Um, but I but I liked it because you took a unique approach to looking, I think, at the problem by looking at the top three misconceptions of of doxis upstream. Um, tell me a little bit more about that as you look at those upstream ban- bandwidth challenges through that lens.
1: Right. Uh, what we really wanted to do is is. You, we know there's a lot of upra- operators out there that that especially maybe haven't done an upgrade in, in quite some time. And the thought process you used 15, 20 years ago um, is not the same now. There's there's new techniques uh, to be able to do things. And I want to make sure everyone takes a fresh look at how they're addressing the challenge. So, you know, number one, we looked at, you know, a lot of people thought you had to spend hundreds to millions of, you know, hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars doing a complete quote unquote upgrade to the, to the outside plant. Uh, And it's not always necessary. I won't say it's never necessary, right? It depends on the situation.
0: Or it's complete.
1: Right. Um, So, you know, you have to, you have to look at the fact that there are a lot more creative techniques that can be used, uh, module upgrades, small kit upgrades, just to maybe attack, maybe that just that upstream bandwidth. Again, assessments uh, can be done. We do a lot of those ourselves with, with operators um, to find out what do you really need to invest right now to get you to where you need to be. And it's not a, some people might see that as a cheap way of doing things or it's not, it's, it's a stair step investment, right? spend what you can to get the desired result and then continue getting rewards from that investment to keep investing going forward. So that was definitely one, you know, just uh, many so how, people turn off.
0: How many times when you go to an operator and start explaining and talking through this, is there a change of plan after taking a different look at at maybe what they're about to do through different tools we have? I mean, is it changed? Are you okay. surprised by how often they say no?
1: I, I I'm not surprised by it at all. And, and a lot of times it's just there's there's a sometimes a lack of information out there. And let's face it, operators are so busy, they don't get the time to just sit and look on the internet for some magical answer, right? Um, it's it's they've they they it does take some time to figure it out. And sometimes you need some outside help or advice or even talking to other operators, right? You know, what did they do? And but that's not always easy. Everybody's busy, and do they know other operators, right? Um, that are going to help them out, especially the smaller operators, right? They're um, they don't have big corporate engineering staffs like some of the larger ones do that can analyze um, this type of information and come up with great solutions that they can they can find a small, medium, and large solution to put across their systems, no matter where they are in the country. Small operators don't always have that, so that's a that's a big piece that goes into solving this so i'm not surprised when and we may or may not come to a change of plans um what they thought about but we may come to a better confirmation of their plan too that now they 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 thought it but now they really have concrete evidence as to why they're doing it it might make it easier for them to secure some funds um that you know they have a better plan written plan or they just feel better about it and you know and the whole team is Everyone's got to buy in, right? When they're making a big, big change or a small change, sometimes you got to have buy-in and adoption. So, that's a that's another big part we always try and help and provide to the operators, just making sure they're looking at facts, the right facts, and how will it affect them, and what the other options are. And and again, maybe the plan doesn't change, but they realize what the other options were and why they don't choose those, and they feel good about it.
0: Got it. So, talking to Todd Gingras from CCI Systems about an article coming up that he's gonna publish and it's it's really talking about the three misconceptions of doxus upstream and how we approach that and, and take a look at it. So number one was more upstream bandwidth only happens with a complete plant upgrade, not right. a good misconception. Number two.
1: Yeah, number two being um, looking at that you had to use Doxus 3.1 if we do expand our upstream. Um, you can. <laughs> and if you can, you should, it's, it's a great thing to do, but you don't have to. Um, sometimes that's a little out of the reach of an operator in their first step of investment, right? They don't have to go to the final step or, you know, that mid-step. Mid and There are pieces that can be done that can give more bandwidth to an operator if they expand that upstream. There's, while they work together, right? A lot of times operators compare what the standard says and what is capable with what they have to do. And those are two very separable things. And we always wanna make sure that people realize there are, just because I expand that upstream maybe to an 85 megahertz or maybe 204 megahertz, if, if, if the plan allows, I don't have to use DOCSIS 3.1. You know, they, People think that I have to do that. I have to change all my modems. I have to do all these things. And that starts really making, they see this waterfall effect of tons and tons of money. Um, which is that's a that's a quick project stopper right there when that happens, and it puts them into paralysis. You know, of not making a decision. They don't have to do that again. And walking them through a stair step approach that's a that's a big piece.
0: Well, and as we talked to Chad uh, Chad K last week, um, just that idea of you have to go to pawn, right. solve your problems. If you're an HFC operator, that's clearly not the case today. And with all these lead times of of fiber and different equipment that keeps getting pushed out further, it may not even be an opportunity or a choice, right?
1: Right, especially, you know, not right now, it puts a lot of those plans into question. And again, pawn is not bad, right? It's just, it, it comes with an expense and a cost, and it just depends on the operator where they need to be today, tomorrow, uh, in a year, you know, and then five years. Um, is everybody on a path to fiber of some degree? Absolutely, um, no doubt. Uh, and no one's going to fight that. It's just when, where, and how do you get there? And how do you how can you get there in a way without regrettable spend that leads you to that continues to lead you toward that path to fiber, but keeping customers happy today, definitely.
0: All right. So we're three through uh, two of the three. So Todd, number three, a third misconception.
1: Yeah, a lot of it is is talking about the ability with with their with an operator's video, and if they have set top boxes uh, out on the plant. Uh, Something really to look at, people get really scared of that, that they can't do it or their set-tops can't move up to allow maybe an 85 megahertz uh, migration. There's a lot that can. Um, There's been a lot of misinformation, uh, unintended misinformation in the industry of what can and can't happen. Um, There's some simple testing and such you can do. We've migrated a lot of people that were told they couldn't do it. Um, and they can get there. So, I would say there's a lot to look at with that and making sure you don't rule yourself out um just by maybe reading a few articles on the internet, which is commonly what people do. They'll just check a few sources, and there's not a lot of great sources out there to find the information. Um, besides people that have done it. But um, besides ourselves sometimes and a few others, most people just don't walk around and brag about that they've done it, right? So you don't find that information just, Openly on the Internet uh, that's out there, and if they, again, don't have access to people um, that can really look at their network specifically and tell them what they can do, it's it, it makes for some tough choices.
0: So now that that uh, broadband providers and operators understand these three misconceptions, you know, what should they do next?
1: Well, again, it's um, looking at. What do I need to accomplish? Right. What What, what are my subscribers saying I need? And then obviously competition, what what else is happening? So it's all about their situation is is what they do next, right? But a a quick and fast way, again, is to really step back and assess the network. Um, We we do assessments for operators all the time. They can do assessments themselves a little bit too, you know, and just really taking on the technical out of it, you know, and start with, it's almost a start with marketing. So I'll give a, you know, shout to the marketing people at the operators, right? You know, they need to look at, what are, if they're able to, find out what really are their subscribers looking for. And then obviously, again, like I said, competition um, and where their operational costs are. Those are the, the things you need to assess together. It's not just a technology decision that are happening here because they have to, they all have to. It's, it's a push-pull, right, of, of all these different groups working with each other, not against Um, In many cases, it was an against a lot of times of marketing may want this, but technology says this and you get an impasse. Well, how can I find a way to get there? Um, We work with operators to assess their overall situation, right? Not their technology, not their finances, not their marketing, but the overall situation of really getting them to where they need to go next and understanding how well is not the CMTS performing, but how well is your data product performing? That's the CMTS. That's the outside plant. You know, especially when we're talking HFC here, um, it's all things in conjunction. How well are your technicians performing their job? Are they efficient? Is your OpEx high? Are there other things they can do? Talk about different techniques of proactive network maintenance that, you know, maybe someone just needs to help you understand how to use that a little better. Um, there's there's all sorts of places to look at where, again, being efficient with your money—not cheap, but right. being efficient and leading—it's all it all needs to be thought of as an investment, right? And we always I always caution operators to not use the word cost, use with the inve- use investment, and train your brain to think that way, um, and make sure you're making decisions out of investment, not of reactionary cost.
0: So I'm excited because uh, in the coming weeks, a month or more, out, October 4th through the 6th in Minneapolis, Minnesota, of course, is the NCTC's independent show. And like I mentioned more than once now, we had Chad K on on last week, and we went over a, a tool that that you guys use, a predictive planning report. And so Chad's going to be at that show in our booth. Uh, you're going to be at that show, and we're going to take the time to Show what that tool can do, and that goes from showing the the return on your investment in the HFC plant from a construction perspective, and brings in a lot of the bandwidth needs that you're talking about. Correct?
1: Right. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it, again, it's it's about comparing all those different areas of an operator's overall operation, right. and and understanding there's there's this pitted war of HFC versus PON, you know, and fiber to the home. And what should I do? And, and, and one is better than the other. And it's and it, and what we always talk about is it's, it's not a versus, it's an and conversation. Again, fiber is inevitable in some fashion, form, or delivery of it into your network. How much and when is the key and, and having that understanding. Operators of HFC plants typically do have a path forward with their HFC plant for whatever the Near term is and that that term near term I can put quotes around that uh, is that one year is it five years is it ten years, um, it depends on what they need to do what their business you know plan and and outcomes need to be, but it shows them how much can I invest and what can I get from that and how much might these other types of solutions cost me, um, or how do I turn them into investments right because um, again uh, is fiber to the home an expensive proposition? Sure. Is it too expensive? Maybe not, right? It might be absolutely be the right solution. Um, it's making sure there's an open mind and not a, not a preconceived notion. And again, you can make that decision by having facts. And that's what we always try and provide is factual analysis. Whatever happens, happens. It doesn't matter to us. It, you know We want an operator to be able to make the right choice. Right. Um, and and for their business,
0: uh, well, that's so. what I, that's. I kind of put in the. Let's look at the operator's strategy. Where do they want to get to? What are the conditions that are are in their their um their footprint today? What type of technology do they have? Put it all together, and that's the great thing about that report. Is it it really takes a almost a CFO look while combining all the necessary technologies within that to meet the strategies and the goals that the operator has. Absolutely. Um, so please, um, if you're out there and you have any questions or even want to test the tool, um, stop by our booth, CCI Systems, at the NCTC show, the independent show, October 4th through the 6th. Um, we're going to have the right people in the the booth and you know, make an appointment today. We'd be happy to put time aside for you to make sure we get in the detail we need to. But if you're just coming by, Stop by that show at our booth, and um, we're really looking forward to showing off that that tool this year at at the event. Um, one other thing that I mentioned before, and and it really hit home when I saw Matt Polka. Um, I think it's Ted Hearn's email. Do you get that every week or so with great information from the ACA? But Matt was in that Steeler jersey. Uh, he was out in front of the stadium. He was all fired up, and he was he was really giving a, a plug for the the show coming up because it is in in Minneapolis, And I know the team you love, the Minnesota Vikings, there's going to be an event there at the, the state. Oh, no, it's not the Vikings you like, it's the Packers. Yeah. So hopefully Matt will wear his uh, his Steelers jersey. Maybe, Todd, you could come in your, your Packer jersey and fill that uh, purple stadium up with every color but purple. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, there was one other thing in the ACA uh, email from last week. And Todd, if you get a chance to look at that email, there was a cool video in there from that they were highlighting Holston Connect. They're out of Rogersville, Tennessee, um, a rural operator in the heart of the country. And the video just tells about the importance of what rural broadband providers uh, bring to the market and how really it's about their subscribers and the service to those subscribers. So um, for anybody who hasn't had a chance to look that up, Check out Holston Connect and check out their video in the ACA uh, report from from Ted Hearn. Uh, it's it's worth the three to four minutes to to see. But but you come in contact with operators like that all the time, and you'll see a lot of them at the NCTC show. Correct?
1: Absolutely. Yep. That's that's uh, the um, if you want to call them the salt of the earth operators, right? There's this is the show for that the NCTC provides uh, along with the ACA for the small operator, right? To be able to connect with each other. Uh, and be able to learn, right? You know, and, and to be able to talk about very similar problems that larger operators uh, don't have to deal with.
0: Yeah, it's a great environment, great surroundings, and so many things and events to uh, you know get together and and talk about those problems. So again, we'll have a booth there. We're really fired up about it this year because frankly, we just haven't been out and about with the conditions in the country and the in the world that we've we've been under. So uh, please, if you're planning on attending that show. Come and see us and and check out our predictive planning report. We'd love to go through that, but Todd, look forward to reading your upcoming article in the ACA on upstream bandwidth. Um, We are also going to be on a panel discussion wrapped around a topic we kind of discussed here, HFC versus an and pond. It's not an and or a versus. Um, Well, probably is an and. And then we also have some other things coming up as well. So we're going to be in full force um, at NCTC and look forward to to seeing you there, Todd, and and everybody else. So thanks a lot, Todd.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Joe. Looking forward to it.
0: All right. That's another episode of CCI's Make Life Better podcast. Uh, Until next time, we will catch you very, very soon and hope to see you at the independent show in Minneapolis.